Brian, thank you so much for taking time today to be on the Casually Profound series in the Size Eyes podcast. Um, and welcome back everyone who's listening and watching. Um, really great to have you here today. Um, just want to say how thankful I am for you to take time out of your day this weekday and uh, have a casually profound conversation. Love it. Look forward to it. Thank you, Sai. Yeah. So quick little background. I met Brian a few months ago at the YMCA as a, he was one of the yoga instructors there, went to a men's retreat that him and someone else was, you know, they were, they were hosting and Brian's just doing some, some cool shit, you know, yes. in a succinct way, he's doing some cool stuff, ice baths, really building community in the Charlotte area, um, men, women, everyone. And it's, it's really inspiring to see. So mm. I'm sure we'll dig into all of that. We will. I look forward to that. Yeah. Is there anything I'd like to start off with, uh, something that we're grateful for? Anything that comes to mind um, that you've been grateful for or have any feelings of gratitude that you'd like to share? Hmm. Two things that come to mind. I was just sharing this with you a moment ago. I chose to move to Charlotte about nine years ago to be around family, specifically my sister and her family. And every summer around this time, all of my family members come together for a little reunion. So we spent the last week or so connecting. And yesterday we were at the pool and it was nice to be with my family members and spend some time in the pool with my nieces and just throwing them around the pool <laughs> and being Uncle Brian. I'm very aware, as we've shared and what you've experienced with my teachings, that I'm very aware of my senses and my um, connection to life around me. And I found myself feeling really grateful that I could be fully present in that moment. And then also, I'm, I'm currently working to level up my life and really make it something powerful. And so I'm grateful for a, a specific friend. His name is Declan who is helping me to stay connected to my values, even when I want to slip and let them off to the side. Cause my desires for something that isn't feeding my soul is there. And I need that accountability and I'm grateful for him too. Love that. I actually reached out to Declan to have on the podcast as well. So I know he's writing for process of writing a book. Right. Um, so I definitely want to have a conversation with him yeah. as well. So um, I'm glad you brought that name up and, you know, the concept of accountability, et cetera. So, oh yeah, we'll get into that today. <laughs> sure we will. Um, yeah, on my end, I'm really grateful for just random acts of kindness that people don't have to do, but they do anyways. Um, it's a very specific thing, mm. um, but from a short anecdote yesterday, it was a um, long story short was uh, my car battery died um, out in the middle of nowhere, essentially. And someone was able to help out that they didn't need to. Mm. Um, and eventually the, I was able to drive the car back to Charlotte and I was with three friends. So we were kind of not stranded, but we were, um, uh, it, was, it would take some effort to get to back to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad for, for the person who was able to come in and help us. His name is Gary. So if you're watching this somewhere, Gary, you know, Thank you. <laughs> Gary. Yes. Um, Hopefully he is. Yeah. So I <clears throat> am grateful for those people that may have stuff going on, but maybe going out of the way to help, help other people. Yeah. Um, just because they want to, just because they can. Definitely. Yeah. I appreciate that too. So with that attitude of gratitude, mm. um, I like to do a quick little visualization exercise. Okay. Uh, where we, Imagine having an amazing conversation. So yeah, we can get relaxed if we're not already there and then close our eyes. Taking some deep breaths. Feeling completely relaxed from our head to our neck, shoulders, arms, 
chest, torso, hips, legs, knees, feet, all the way down to our toes, feeling completely relaxed. And from this space, let's imagine at the end of this conversation, we feel rejuvenated, refreshed, recharged, re-energized, talking about things that truly matter in this world. Knowing each other, learning about each other and ourselves on an even deeper level. And as we leave this room and space, we feel thankful that we just had an amazing, casual, yet profound conversation and interaction. We take that with us for the rest of our day and our week. Soak in that feeling. Stay there for a moment. And when we're ready, we can open our eyes slowly and come back to this wonderful space here in Charlotte. How did that feel? Ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. So first question I have, Brian, for you is, who do others think Brian Strahin is? Oh, wow. We're going to go into it. <laughs> it's called Casually Profound. Casually Profound. You don't get that conversation at a coffee shop most of the time. No. <laughs> <clears throat> Can you repeat that again? Who do others think Brian Strahin is? Well, sometimes people are willing to share what they think about Brian Strain. And I always appreciate that. It brings a smile to my face because my practice of being mindful allows me to receive whatever it is that they share and not create a story around it. And as I've shared with you before in times when we've practiced together or I've led a class you've been in, what my teachers have taught me is to welcome in the, the words, this is what it feels like. So when someone has shared with me, and I've heard this many times, I'm very intense. I've been told that I have an intense gaze. I've been told that my presentation is very intense. And I receive that in my body and notice uh, what comes up. And I've, I've allowed myself to receive that feedback with gratitude because I do take pride in being someone who is very focused and has passions in life that he believes in deeply. And I do... I do attack them with a really strong intensity that has 
helped to serve me to be the greatest version of who I am. Because if I'm not doing something with intensity, then what am I doing it with? It feels ungrounded and lackadaisical and lacks a certain level of emphasis. So, and I, I would imagine that other people think of me as someone who is not afraid to take risks and is also not afraid to put himself out there and be vulnerable and do things or say things that might be deemed intimidating or scary or uncomfortable. And I've come to find, I didn't have this plan growing up or becoming an adult, that taking risks and getting out of your comfort zone is really going to grow you. I didn't, no one told me that growing up, but if I look at my life, I've definitely taken a lot of risks that were very uncomfortable and I'm not upset about doing any of that because I am who I am today because of that. Mm. I'd like to hear more about your, the risks. If, if there are any that come to mind that you'd like to share some of those risks that you've taken to get where you are today. I always turn to the decision I made when I graduated college with a degree in business and I could have had an opportunity to go work in corporate and make a lot of money and pursue the path that I was told I was supposed to pursue, which is, okay, you go to this really good school and now you set yourself up to have a career where you're making a lot of money. And my soul didn't feel called to any of that bullshit. And so there I am at 22 and because none of those opportunities panned out because I didn't pursue them, uh, I needed to have a plan. And so I joined the Peace Corps and I didn't realize fully what I was getting into. I would have never known because I had never joined. I've never been in the Peace Corps. So my soul led me in that direction and or I, my soul was led in that direction. And so there I am at 22. I'm getting off the plane in post-communist Romania. I had never left the country. And every moment of that decision from the moment I remember walking into Cleveland Hopkins International Airport with my mom who was dropping me off and that first rush of feelings that came over me when I realized oh boy I'm about to do something very different from what I've been doing and that two and a half years was literally a moment-to-moment -moment experience of being uncomfortable out of my comfort zone and it changed the rest of my life. Dang, I don't know, you were in the Peace Corps for two and a half years in Romania. In Romania. Mm -hmm. Can you help explain that experience? I can because I've thought about it a lot and I've taken the last however many decades to integrate what I experienced there. It's really an opportunity to get out of your comfort zone. And when you travel, if you've traveled before, I believe you have, even if it's outside of your city where you're from, the neighborhood where you're from, you're going to experience new things. And that is where the growth lies when you are really out of your element. Even though you can, I'm growing here, I'm, I'm in a new place, I'm getting to know you, I'm growing in our relationship. There's something about really getting out of your comfort zone. And that first experience of traveling, no matter when it is, but I think the younger you are, the more profound it is possibly to have this experience of change. So for me, 22, all I knew was America. All I knew was being in situations that were for the most part comfortable, safe. I had access to things that I knew that I could get quickly, a language that I could, I could use to get what I needed and wanted. And in Romania, I didn't speak the language, didn't know how to get from place to place. Um, and I didn't even know how I was going to function in the job teaching high school English. It was a challenge from the moment we got onto the, you know, into the airport in Bucharest.
Dang, that's that's crazy. Yes, it's, it was. But were there a lot of other similar, like people in similar situations that were also young and like, okay, here's a new experience that I haven't experienced before? Or was it more veterans, if you will, of the Peace Corps? No, the, the group was primarily young professionals, people who had just graduated college or were early in their career. There were, there were a few retirees who were ready to experience something new, and I'm sure that was profound for them as well. But they were several decades older than us. And um, I think there, was, there were two married couples both couples were in their younger years of their professional life. So um, I do remember there was one individual who, when we got off the plane in Bucharest, had made up his mind that he was not going to continue and actually requested a plane ticket back home. So there was someone who decided, yep, this is not for me. And then when I was living in my village, the second year, another volunteer joined and, and moved into the village and uh, he also did not last very long. He ended up leaving shortly thereafter. So uh, th these experiences are not for everyone at certain times of their lives. Mm. That's big. How did you know? You said um, that you knew instantly that it was going to be, this was a, a shift in where you were going. Now, how did you come to that feeling or conclusion? Um, you mean in my personal life or just in life in general? Or so I guess, how did you know that like being in the Peace Corps is like, oh, this is what I want to do, at least for this next phase of my life? Hmm. Was it, or, or was it just day by day? Well, when I realized that I didn't want to work in corporate America, I knew that I had to find another plan. And when it was presented to me that I could do what I believed at the time I wanted to do was teach and I could do that abroad. It was the sweet spot of I get to do what I want to do and I get to do it in a place that's new and I had never traveled before. So it met it met two needs, which was which was meaningful for me. And then to be able to get there and realize and again, looking back, it wasn't like I had this deep conviction that I am in this and I'm going to do it like I'm talking right now about I'm going to do not drinking coffee and alcohol. Um, I didn't have that type of conviction. It was, it was much deeper. It was a more subtle awareness of I'm here. I'm not going home. I'm going to do this. And even talking to my stepdad last night, realizing that sports growing up really built that ability in me to persevere and push through difficult situations. And that's what I, I suppose at the time I leaned into was I'm here. I'm going to do this. It's going to be hard. I'm probably going to want to quit. And I'm not doing that. I'm going to last mm. my time here that I've committed to, which is two years and change. Yeah. Uh, something you touched on early from your first answer was about uh, intensity. Have you felt like you've always been in, had that trait? or at least the trait that others perceive you with? Or mm. has that grown through other practices? Um, how has that evolved over time? Yeah, the, the intensity, when I look back at my life, I'm not sure where it came from. I don't know if I was told specifically to be intense. And I've loved in the last several years to explore more about who I am and what is this being that's in this body. And yoga has helped me come to appreciate that. I think people are always looking to understand who they are. And so you see people now looking at um, the Enneagram and some of these other personality assessments and ways to explain why we are. I'm thinking of another one that's I'm not. Um, it's like Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs like, is the classic one that yeah. I grew up knowing what, what's your Myers Briggs type. And now there's one that's escaping where it's generator. Oh, um, human design. Human design. That's another one. 
for me, I've, as a yogi, I've appreciated learning more about my Ayurvedic dosha. So what is this body I'm in and how does it respond to the environment around us? So the, yeah, the intensity probably was cultivated in my athletic experiences growing up and that push by coaches in different sports to really be the best. And in order to be the best, you have to be intense. When I think of the best of the best, Kobe always comes to my mind. Some or most would say he was the, the most decorated basketball player of all time. I believe even Phil Jackson said that he worked harder than Mike, Michael Jordan. So, um, Mm -hmm. and whenever I hear Kobe speak and when I see him perform, I think that man was intense, focused. And so uh, I appreciate that someone would call me intense because I see intensity as someone like Kobe, who was the best of the best. Yeah, I'm, yeah, growing up, Kobe was my favorite player, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, every time you get to see his highlights, whether you know after the game or real time, or hear about the stories from other people, he, yeah, it's like crazy to see. I think I think there was one time where was it Mello or someone on the U.S. Olympic team was talking about you know sharing a story about like hey like people had gone out the night before, and then you know they were coming back at 3 a.m. or something, and like Kobe was getting up for his or he had just finished one you know, workout. Yes. And it's, it's like a different, different beast. Another level. It's another level. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, I guess similar to that is like something you've mentioned twice here is like commitment. Um, and we were talking, you know, before this about commitment and, you know, as well with your accountability partner. And um, I'd love to hear more about how commitment has, has played a role in your life and, where you are, your relationship with commitment right now? Mm. Well, it's commitment is such an interesting relationship that we have because if you have a relationship with commitment and let's say that your relationship is intense with commitment, you have a very intense relationship with commitment, it has the potential to really elevate your life to something profound and beautiful. And it also has the potential to really destroy your life because if you're committed to a job or a relationship or a lifestyle, a a diet, a commitment to something you're consuming with your mouth, let's say, it, either, it has the potential to really make your life something potent or the potential to diffuse, let's say, the fire, to dampen your fire. Going back to yoga, we're in the time of fire and water. It's a very hot season right now. And so there's this flame inside of us. And if you're committed to, let's say, consuming substances that are serving to dampen your flame, but you're so committed to being that guy that parties all the time. You're going out four nights a week. I know these men. I've, I've met them. And so you're committed to that drinking lifestyle four days a week, five days a week. What is that lifestyle, that choice doing to you? And um, I can see how I've been committed to different things in life, a relationship, intimate partnership or a job or something I'm eating right now. I'm looking at my relationship and my commitment, if you will, to coffee. I'm committed to drinking it every morning. It's not serving me. And I need to be honest about it. I I don't want to be sometimes because my thought is I love coffee. I love good coffee with cream and sugar. It meets a certain need in the morning. But what is my commitment to my body? And then how is my commitment to my body more important than to some ritual that I have in the morning? So commitment is very layered in terms of what relationship we're in it with or how we're in it. That makes sense. How do you, specifically with coffee, how do you, how do you, how did you specifically get to the 
understanding a realization that it wasn't serving me. Because like some, you need that, I feel like you need that level of awareness to be like, oh, this is serving me or this is not serving me, right? How did you get to that conclusion? Oh, this is not serving me. I need to change something. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'd like to think, and I do think that I have a commitment to honoring my body. I've not always been the best at doing that. Um, I've not really been in a, in a healthy relationship with commitment related to my body. And so it's waxed and waned at times. And now it's to the point where I'm doing a lot of this men's work and I appreciate what men have shared with me about not being satisfied with their bodies or not feeling fully embodied. And so one of the, the things that I offer men are invitations to really look at their body. And so I've done a deep dive in that myself over the years. And I, I do think I have a, a deep awareness of my body and what it's telling me. And sometimes I ignore those messages. And lately the message has been, you need to stop consuming certain things to really be in alignment with what my body needs. Mm. Yeah, I, I've been doing last few months. Um, I've been my relationship to commitment has been, or I guess prior to these few months, my relationship to commitment has been on and off. So I've had a loose relationship. Mm. So interesting. Yeah, because it's because like, sometimes I feel like, especially when I'm living alone, it's like, oh, I can do whatever I want. It's, it's almost too much freedom in a sense. Right. And I feel like, okay, I need a little bit more structure, a little bit more rigidity to my freedom, to my spontaneity, whatever those traits are within me. Mm. So the last few months I've been doing, it was actually something that Raghu put in the, uh, the group chat um, about like habits and what he was doing. I was like, hey, uh, it was like a tool called stick.com, S-T-I-C-K-K. And it was like, you know, for habits. Um, so I started using that in May. Um, and I did, you know, complete the challenge that I was doing. Mm. And I was like, hell yeah. I didn't have to give a uh, hundred bucks to, you know, w one of the other members, you know, <laughs> you know, because I completed the challenge successfully. Okay. So I was like, that built that confidence in me. I could do something or not do something for 30 days in a row. And then in June, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, it was no eating out unless it was with um, people like in a social setting, since that's also a, um, has been a uh, crush of mine. Mm. I'm like just eating out and not eating very healthy. It's like, oh, it's like this one meal, right? I'm telling myself that. Right. And that's, that was a, uh, um, all right, like it's, this again listening to my body listening to me like okay like every time i eat healthy you know like, everything is fine right i feel good my body feels good my mental engagement with whatever it is that i'm doing is much higher right compared to when i eat out the next morning it's like you know it's slow you know bathroom experience is not great the, right um and all these things that like it just sets us up for failure the next day or the next week that like i was you know tired of that um, so let me stick to something for 30, 31 days for a full month. Mm. And I, I completed that as well in, in June. And then now I'm, so now I'm almost next level of commitment here. Now I'm sticking with the practice of commitment as well. Mm. Of like, okay, because so, in the past I would also try this, but you know, without this tool of stick.com. So then I'll do it for one or two months and then would, it would ramp off. Right. So then it's almost a commitment to the commitment. Sure. So it's like, okay, I did it in May, did it in June, and I'm doing it in July with like, all right, I'm, I'm going to floss every day. It's not a practice that I've had before. Mm. So let me do that. It was a little wake-up call with my dentist that I had an appointment with last month. So I was like, let's do this. Uh huh. Then I was like, okay, I want to have a little bit more upper body strength. So let me just do 50 push-ups every day, right? You know, it may not seem like much, but at the end of the month, let's just see where I am. Yep. Let's just stick to the process, to the practice. Right. And see where I am at the end of the month. Um, so like that has been a re recent relationship with commitment 
mm. on on my end. And so it's it's cool to see the um, the the ripple effects of something that you know you're able to start and have this community, and you have your own commitment practices and accountability partners, etc. And cool to see each of us have our own different ways of how we honor those commitments and follow through with them. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, something. I guess I'm curious to hear more about. I guess something I didn't mention at the beginning was about you're also a therapist, right? For men specifically, right? Correct. How did you get into that field and why? Hmm. Well, I've had the the fortunate opportunity of working with a number of different age groups of men starting from kindergarten age all the way up through retirement age and and beyond and so I over the last 20 plus years I've had the some revelations about men in America let's say because I've lived here for most of my adult life but even in Romania and I've traveled the world and I've I've been to almost every corner of the world it was a, it was an intention of mine to do that because I am curious about how are people living in other parts of the world I experienced that in Romania and so my thirst for that has has not gone away and I've noticed themes and generally speaking men need community they need a place where they can go and really explore who they are and know that it's a place where what they're experiencing going through is going to be held and respected and not shared with the world if they don't want it to be shared and as a man myself i i have this experience of being embodied in this time of life and have experienced my own challenges and some of them are very similar, if not all of them are very similar to what other men are experiencing as it relates to their identity and how do they show up in the world and what do they want to do with their life. And you hear the word purpose a lot. What's their purpose and how do they live out that purpose and how do they find meaning in their job and in their personal life and in their intimate sexual life and in their physical life. And the world around us is very complicated and there's a lot of distractions. And I really feel called once I started to identify what my purpose is and what am I here on this planet to do and how do I show up, it became clear that I am to serve men as a clinical therapist. And I feel very intensely confident and committed to that work. And so here I am. And now I get to offer different opportunities for men to experience who they are. So that looks like individual sessions. That looks like group therapy sessions. That looks like group coaching sessions, which is something you've experienced in the men's liberation and retreat space. So a lot going on and it feels really intensely aligned with who I am. Hmm. What was the process of finding that purpose? Like, okay, like this is my calling to serve men in a one-on-one setting, in a therapy field, in a group setting, these communities. Hmm. Well, I think there's three opportunities in life that are going to present themselves for someone, let's say professionally, you are going to choose to be something in life and it's going to be in alignment with who you are and you're going to feel ecstatic in your body. Like I felt when we sat in that meditation earlier, I felt ecstatic, I felt alive, I felt my body pulsing, it felt right. So for the men who identify that, that's wonderful. For the men who choose to not be in that space in alignment with 
who they are as it relates to their job. Then you have the potential for it to turn into something where that man is experiencing a lot of dis-ease. And so that might be physical ailments and symptoms of disease that might be um, a lot of mental dis-ease and tension and dissonance. And I can't imagine that that's a very pleasant experience or something external happens. And, and for me, that has happened several times where it becomes so clear and I'm not willing to change because there's dis-ease. And so something happens externally. Uh, maybe it's a, a conflict with a colleague. Maybe it's um, you end up getting fired. Maybe it's that you, the, there's, there's something that happens outside of you that be, it becomes so clear that, wow, this is clearly not a match. And uh, that, that sometimes is not always the most pleasant experience, but I always see it as a gift because clearly something was not a match and it's setting you free to go and, and be who you need to be. That's yeah, it's amazing to hear that because it's, yeah, I think people view it as like this, this valley and it may feel like that. Um, and it's also, I think, an opportunity to understand, okay, this, I need to take inventory and mm -hmm. reevaluate where am I, what am I doing? Who am I surrounding myself with? What are the habits and practices, commitments that I have? Are they serving me? Right. Um, and I think that's, that's huge in like finding whatever, at least the purpose of our next, you know, day is even right. Finding the purpose of the next hour is, you know, some, I, I feel like sometimes a, a struggle for, for, for people and for me included, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, like I can stay in bed and watch TV and that feels comfortable sometimes. And, you know, that's, that's what I'll do sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. But, and it's like, okay, that, that's okay. That's what my body's feeling right now. And. Let me, all right, in the afternoon, evening, I'll, let me work out, get that dopamine rush, take a cold shower or something. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll feel better about myself, at, you know, at the end of the day, but still, and still also respect what, it, you know, what my body and heart was feeling throughout the, mm -hmm. throughout the morning. So I think it's, it's a constant balancing act. <laughs> all the time yeah yep for sure and if you don't know what your values are then i ask myself i'll speak for myself what is guiding my decision making if if i don't value my body right now and i've looked back at my life i've made choices that would at least from my point of view, if I were looking in, I would say, Brian, you're not valuing your body. I've had to own that. I was thinking about that today because we're in a coffee shop and my mind is saying, order a coffee. You want a coffee. You love a good coffee. You love a latte. You love a mocha. You all these new drinks that have come on the scene. And um, it's been, I don't know, day five, I think it is, of the of my... Um, uh, experience of not having the coffee and I'm noticing how my body is feeling. And it's also this awareness of, man, like my body is saying, I've wanted this for so long. What have you been doing? And I have to sit with that reality of this should have happened a long time ago, but I, I can't say that I was fully valuing my body and my decision-making reflected that I was choosing to consume things that I didn't need to be consuming. And these are the realities of the consequences of not being in alignment with your values and making choices that connect to that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> yeah. It's uh, something I like to do is a conversation that we normally don't do is just kind of take a break, take a quick little intermission, but it's a time to integrate. I think, right. The, our conversation, everyone's, we're always thinking about what am I going to say? What question am I going to ask? 
or all these thoughts racing through our head. Mm-hmm. So I just like to take a quick 30 second break okay. or so. And then after that, I'd like to invite you to ask me a question because I believe that we can understand people not just through their answers, but through the questions that they ask. Mm-hmm. So after the break, you can ask me a question. We could keep the conversation going from there. Wonderful. Check something really quick. Awesome. And whenever you're ready, fire away. Mm. I was giving myself a chance because I noticed my mind went to thinking of the question and I wasn't letting myself just integrate. So now give me ah. 10 seconds to connect to the question because I was trying to re- respect the time, my time to just be other than course the thought came up that I needed to text this individual. What is something you feel restless about? in your life right now? What is something I feel restless about in my life right now? I would say my time allocation so for context i left my job um transition out of the corporate world mm-hmm. because it was a misalignment uh, with who i discovered myself to be uh, at this stage of my life so now have it's you know the fourth week started the fourth week that i don't have a full not full-time nine-to-five job so I'm starting to understand, okay, this is what it feels like to have an entire day where I can, you know, essentially do what I want, mm. right? But with great responsibility comes great, or with great power comes great responsibility, right? So, and with great freedom also comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. So... I've been wrestling and understanding the relationship with, okay, what do I want to do now? Understanding my energy a little bit better, I think. Of like, okay, like now I can, as I was saying earlier, I can take a little bit easier tonight or this morning or whatever it is. And I, I don't think I've necessarily come to, you know, a routine that I like. Um, I, I know the aspects of it that I want to have but like let's say for example i know i want to be more mobile i want to increase my mobility and strength now what is that what is a a person who's committed to that actually doing right is it 
is it you know one day of yoga a week is it some deep stretching is it some tai chi is it um stretching that i find online you know through people who are fit fitness coaches and how do i meld that into something that i create and resonate with myself and so creating these routines these habits these practices for me um I don't know if I don't know if rest, fully restless, but it's I'm wrestling with them, mm. and it's it, from what I've heard other people also say about people who've gone from a corporate job into entrepreneurship, solopreneurship. It's like just enjoy enjoy these few weeks, few months when you're getting acclimated to this lifestyle, because it can be very easy to then, with the training in our minds. To go back into okay, go go go. I need to get stuff done, and then you're back in the same place you were with burnout, right? P point part of the reason why I left was to live a lifestyle that I wanted that I didn't feel really burnt out by anything. And so really, so all that to say, I'm still wrestling with okay, how do I allocate my time? I'm um, in a way that still resonates with me. I I feel like I'm getting better mm. and starting to understand that, and I understand it's also a process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. Is is there something? I guess going from that. What is a normal? I'm not saying normal. What does a week look like in your life? Because since you have, at least from my perspective, it seems like you you have full autonomy in a sense over. Okay, I want to do these activities for these amount of hours. I want to meet these people. I want to do these things here with these people, etc. Right. Um, how do you go about structuring that week or that day or that month? Mm -hmm. And the, the impetus for asking that question came from the knowledge that you have shifted things in your life. And so I was curious because I, I try not to make assumptions and there was a level of curiosity around the assumption I was making that someone doesn't just leave a job typically unless um, there is some restlessness going on within them. Something is being jostled around, whether it's by choice or because of external forces. So I was curious to hear a little bit more about that. Mm. Yeah. Love that. Um, and I, and I, I think I, I never use the word understand ever. I will never say I understand what you're saying because I'm not you. I do say that I appreciate where people are coming from because I, I'm using empathy, the skill of being empathic to put myself in your shoes and imagine that I can have an appreciation for where you are at when, you, when I think about leaving a job and perhaps being an entrepreneur or pursuing other ideas so, um, yeah, I've been living that for a while now and <clears throat> there are some really great benefits like getting to be here doing this because typically a nine to five would have you working by now. It's 10 o'clock. Um, and so there's a lot of freedom that comes with this and I'm still figuring it out. I'm still even this right here is helping to remind me to be in the moment more. This is my teaching. This is what I share with people. And I think, hmm, when I was driving here today, was I noticing what it's like to be driving to meet with you and what was coming up in my body? No, I wasn't. I'll admit I was distracted. I was checking and working on something on Instagram at the stoplights. I was fully engaged in something other than being present with the drive here. When I pulled up, did I stop and, and notice my surroundings fully before I walked into the door. No, I didn't. It was that focused, intense, all right, get in there, where's Cy? I'm, I'm about a minute late, let's get in there. And so I'm reminded, slow down. I appreciate what people have told you, slow down, enjoy it. Be in the, in the experience of not being in that job, being in this moment. So, um, yeah, it's finding the balance between working and setting up your new career path and 
taking care of other things like being in the moment. Mm. That's huge. Something that I found myself doing to get better, improve my time allocation skills and really understand, okay, here's how I want to be spending my time now that I have 24 hours to do what I want. Right. Is I've been essentially in real time or at least at the end of the day, I've been looking, I've been putting it on my calendar of all the activities that I've done. So like, okay, here's the time block. Um, and so like, if you look at my past calendar days for the last like couple of weeks, they'll all be full. But if you look at my future, it's just like, you know, meetings or stuff like that. And I did that exercise and I, you know, I found myself, I think I wrote, uh, you know, whether it's journaling or content or newsletter or whatever it is for me, I spent about 30 hours the previous week writing. So like, okay, that, that's where I want to be. You know, I want to be spending that amount of, amount of time writing for me. Mm -hmm. And then it was like coaching. I want to increase that. Um, I want to, I'm, you know, maybe read about an hour, average of an hour a day, right? So all these activities, now I get to really allocate my time accordingly. So I'm curious to hear more of, it's like, okay, how, what does, okay, like, how much time do you spend on, like, you know, being a therapist or I, that's a weird label, but like, you know, being in that setting versus being a, you know, yoga instructor versus c committing to um, time with, you know, family and friends versus any other things that are in your life. Right. Um, I'm curious to hear more about your, that sort of like schedule. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's the hard part about being an entrepreneur is if, if you have full autonomy to create the schedule, then there's this extra challenge of having to allocate time to certain things. Because if you work a nine to five, you're told from nine to five, you're working. Now it's time is much different and, and the calendar looks different. So for me, it's, it's having, to do, having to be more specific about how I am allocating my time. And, and because there might be days where I don't have as many clients as I do on other days. Now you've opened up that space. And in that time I have to decide, okay, if I have this extra hour or two, what am I going to do with it? Whereas tomorrow that time is booked. So it's not the schedule of let's say seeing clients is not the same every day. At least it isn't today. Some therapists have the full schedule, let's say nine to five, and that's what they're doing. I've appreciated having more space by choice to allocate time for, because I'm not just a therapist, I'm also a yoga teacher. So that's one of the reasons why I moved into this work is because I have different passions and, and interests. So I get to be a therapist at times, I allocate time for that, but I also allocate time for being a yoga teacher. I also allocate time for being a men's coach and a retreat organizer. So I have time organizing my retreats, which you participated in. And then of course, finding time for my body and my yoga practice. And what I've learned is once you start involving other people, I think you said family, now you've got to communicate with someone else because you might want to spend time together on Monday night, but they're not available. So then it's, it, to me, it's also this planning ahead, which, it's hard because you're doing all these things during the day and then you got to think, shoot, I got to also plan for next week. Is my partner available on Wednesday night? Is my family available for dinner on Sunday night? Oh, if I'm not available, when am I finding time for them? It's, it feels like a full-time job. Just being a planner for your life, which is why I, I, I see some people pay people to do this. They pay planners or old school terminology, secretaries, assistants, support staff to help them manage their lives. I get that. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's like moving out of uh, the, the corporate world is also along those lines with freedom, it's paycheck as well, right? It's like, okay, I was used to a paycheck 
um, that came in every week, bi-weekly, whatever it was. And now I don't have that sense of security mm -hmm. that comes with a nine to five job. So now I, I feel more restless to answer your question again. In another way, it's about finances. And so now I'm starting to understand, okay, like I, I would like to improve my personal finance skills, my personal finance habits, my spending habits, my investing, saving habits, and all these things that hopefully compound over time. Um, yeah, so I think, I think there's a huge uh, connection between how we spend our time and how we spend our money and then the values that the allocations of those represent within us. Um, and, and that's something that I'm continuing to learn um, as I'm, you know, continue to invest in myself by going to men's retreats or going to chiropractor, you know, Mason, as we know, um, all these things that are helping me become a better person, hopefully serving others as well. Um, so I think that is, um, it's, freedom is a double-edged sword, I think. Mm. Or I, I think it can be. Mm. If, uh, if, if you're, I think my perspective on it is if, if it's only push factors away from something like, hey, I don't want this job, but I want, I just want freedom. I think it could be a double-edged sword in terms of, okay, then what do you want then? Right. So it's like, I think it's also figuring out what are the pull factors that are pulling you towards something like coaching or creating communities for people or whatever those are. I think it's, it's uh, again, I think it all comes down to balance. Mm -hmm. It's down to balance of, of our time, our money, energy. And, and, and that's a great point. That's why I, I was using those other terms, but coach is another, another example of people and finding one that, that, that works for you is also difficult. That could be a full-time job. Finding an assistant, uh, a coach, a support person who's going to help you navigate this world is critical. I cannot imagine being a young man in America today. I did not have access, and I still consider myself to be a young man. Let's be clear. I feel young. I want to always be an embodied state of youngness um there's so many external forces i didn't have a cell phone i didn't have youtube i didn't have instagram i really didn't have the internet there's so much out there this fomo experience love the background noise yeah. <laughs> this fomo experience of being in a metropolitan city like nashville you're inundated with information all the time as we were talking about, there's an event on Thursday. And even for my retreats and other things that I organize, social activities and, and big events, enrollment always happens at the very end because men wait for the last minute because there's so many other choices. And it goes back to if you don't know what your values are, every moment is a choice that you have to make, literally every moment. So if you're inundated with all this information and you're having to make a choice every moment, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you've removed yourself and you have this ex excessive freedom, you are going to be possibly floundering if you don't have a focus point that you're walking in the direction of. Money is another thing. If you're trying to save money, I mean, I see what's out there in the world. Somebody, it's all, it's all crypto. Others, it's the stock market. Others, it's real estate. Others, it's business ownership. Others, it's this stock portfolio. Others, it's this hedge fund. If you're a young man and you're trying to figure out what to do with your money and you're also being pulled by living in the city and rents are over $2,000 and you're wanting to go out and socialize and dinner is $50 and you're dating and now it's over $100 and you're being pulled by all these forces that want you to spend money and then invest money here. If you don't have a, a, a direction you're walking in, how are you not floundering? Really? So that to me is a reminder that young people in particular, when you're trying to figure out what are you doing to make money, to save money, and to have a trusted inner circle of people supporting you, what path are you on? 
there's, yeah, there's, you're on a lot of them. Yeah. Depending on the minute, you're here, there, up, down, left, right, crypto, nope, this, that, yeah. up, nope, nope, stock market, up, nope, real estate, up, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's uh, more and more noise that's out there. It's like trying to find and stay tuned to the signal. Yep. Stay tuned to the signal. Um, I was watching The Good Place. I don't know if you've heard about the show or seen it. I've um, never owned a television. That's pro probably good. It uh, is good. <laughs> Less distractions. There's another distraction for you. Yeah. <laughs> time, time consumer. Exactly. Yep. Um, but I, so I was watching The Good Place and it was talking about some of these things, at least conceptually, <clears throat> about how it's harder and harder for people that are living in this day and age to it's not just one choice that we make or one choice that we make, we're actually making a bunch of choices within them. It's like, okay, the tea that I buy today is a reflection of who I'm, the businesses that I'm supporting, the type of places that I'm coming to, the people that I'm interacting with, how I interact with people who are working here, right? Maybe the coffee itself of like the people, which companies actually create the coffee beans and ground them, whatever the process is, right? It's like all this one choice we think is we're making this one choice, but actually there's all these other things that have unintended consequences mm -hmm. um, and unintended choices that we haven't made. And, you know, w watching social, you know, like, like for me, like creating some content on Instagram means, okay, I'm create, that's the one choice, but then there's all these other sub choices that I've, I've made because of that one choice. And sometimes they may or may not be serving ourselves or other people. Mm. Um, so it's like, again, I think cutting through the noise and really understanding what is the purpose of this action and what are the consequences unintended or intended that could happen as a result of this. And also somehow trying to not be overwhelmed by all that. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I'm going to stick with this intention and I'm going to follow the process and what happens happens. I think staying, true to the process and letting go of the result is something that I'm continuing to focus on myself. Yes. <laughs> yep. This is so important. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Well, as, as we wrap up here, Brian, is there anything else that you'd like to share and or how people can get in touch? Mm. Well, I, I first want to express gratitude for you because I believe you told me your age, not that it matters. But some, a young man who is making the choice to step away from something that you could have stayed in. And um, I, I recognize that, I see that, and I know that there's a lot of other men out there who are feeling called to walk away from something that's not in alignment. And for whatever reason, there's no judgment, they choose to stay. And I'm even learning from you, which is the beautiful thing about this work of being with other men is it doesn't matter what the age is, even if you are younger than me, there's always something to learn. And I find that I'm learning right now that I needed to hear what you just said, which is what my mentor always said to me in college, life is consequential. And if I'm choosing to stay in a job that's not feeding my soul and I'm actually miserable, or maybe you're comfortably numb and it's not horrible, and maybe you're using things like weed or drug, you know, alcohol or pornography or buying a new car to subdue the pain that you're feeling. Um, what is going to be the consequence of this decision to stay five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Because it's almost as if the, the, the consequences are going to be are going to compound. Um, and so to make the choice now is I, I admire it. I respect it. I see you. I appreciate the decision you're making. I'm sure you're experiencing that restlessness, which is why I wanted to ask because I can appreciate not having a full paycheck. That paycheck at the end of the month is really nice. It's a guarantee for, for the most part. And when you're an entrepreneur, it's not always a guarantee in the beginning, especially, and you still have to pay bills and live life. And um, that's a vulnerable place to be in. So, yeah, thank you for this opportunity. And for those interested in getting in touch with me, 
My website is a great place, brianstrahine.com, my first and last name, B-R-I-A-N-S-T-R-A-H-I-N-E.com. And uh, on Instagram, it's mindful.brian, B-R-I-A-N. And I love to connect with others, as you said, build community. I have a lot of offerings each month outside of my private practice. So I am seeing new clients. If anyone is listening and desires to meet with me, they can contact me on Instagram or on my website. And uh, really excited about a couple of events coming up. I am a psychedelic breathwork facilitator. So the first Friday of every month, there is a breathwork journey that I host with another breathwork practitioner in town. And so the next one is coming up the first Friday of August. I believe it's August 7th. And uh, a big event for the community that I'm hosting is on August 27th, which will be a massive cold ice bath community event. We'll have five ice tubs. Last one we had, there were about 120 people there. So this one, I'm, I'm hoping to get close to 200 and just building this momentum of people wanting to push themselves out of their comfort zone and do that while meeting others who also want to be uncomfortable because that's where the growth lies. Amazing. Thank yeah. you again, Brian, for coming on. Appreciate your time, energy, and commitment. Thank you, and hope everyone listening also has an amazing day, amazing week, and see you again on the Casually Profound series on the Size Eyes podcast. See ya. See you soon. Mm-hmm.